Thank you for listening to this new episode of the podcast, By the Still Water. It is our hope that these messages be an encouragement in your search for the God of heaven. Thank you for listening. How could you learn to speak a language that had disappeared more than a thousand years before? For many centuries, the world wondered at what the Egyptians were trying to say. The walls and tombs of almost every object found in the ancient lands of Egypt were covered in a strange form of writing called hieroglyphics. Many scholars had tried to decode these strange images and symbols, but without success. That is, until 1799, when French soldiers in Rashid, a town also called Rosetta, were tearing down a wall and they saw a stone that did not look like the others. It was black granite, and it was covered in three different kinds of script. One of the languages that was on the stone was hieroglyphics, and another was Greek. Scholars later realized that the three texts were telling the same story. A quarter century later, a man by the name of Champollion would publish his system to decipher and read the Egyptian texts, and thus bring a greater understanding of Egyptian history to light. Today, one of the most visited objects that can be found in the British Museum is a black slab of granite, also known as the Rosetta Stone. One of the challenges of reading and understanding the Bible is connecting with the images. We may not live in a place where sheep are raised or where water is scarce. This makes understanding images of Psalm 23 challenging. We may not realize that a sheep is an animal that cannot survive without the help and care of a human shepherd. We may not understand that raising sheep in an arid environment means making sure the sheep have access to good water. We may not at first understand that as David writes, the Lord is my shepherd. He is expressing the deep need he has for the love and the care of God. But that does not mean that we can't learn and then appreciate what these images mean. It just means we need to work at it. Before you dismiss this as too challenging or too much trouble, consider a horse. Less than a hundred years ago, most people around the world considered the horse to be the primary means of transportation. In a short period of time, the knowledge of riding and caring for a horse has almost disappeared, except for those that want to learn about horses. Those that want to ride horses go out of their way to learn, practice, and understand the many aspects of properly caring for these amazing animals. And just because someone else does not like horses, or they are afraid of them, does not mean that what others have learned and practiced is not valid. The same applies to the ideas and the images that help us understand the Word of God. They are just as important and valid as they ever were, but we need to spend a little extra time learning about them. Let's look at one example. It is the idea of planting seed. Then those who were sad when they planted will be happy when they gather the harvest. Those who cried as they carried the seeds will be happy when they bring in the crops. Three times a year, the Hebrews had the opportunity to travel to Jerusalem to take part in a religious celebration or feast. Traveling on the road was a very dangerous activity. Robbers and outlaws often preyed on those that were traveling. So, as these worshipers moved closer and closer to Jerusalem, they often banded together in larger and larger groups. 
As they walked along or gathered around the fire at the end of the day, they often sang songs. These songs were often short so that they could be easily remembered while they were walking. These short traveling songs are part of the book of Psalms. Because the city of Jerusalem was on top of a mountain, they called these songs the Songs of Ascent. One of these is Psalm 126. The verse quoted a few moments ago is from the end of that psalm. It says that the man that is planting the seeds in his field is crying, but will be happy when he harvests his crop. Why? This is one place where we have to put some effort into understanding the message. The grain used to make bread, the basic food of the people, is the very same as the seed that is planted in the ground to grow. The farmer would store some of his grain to feed himself and his family, and if he had extra, he would sell some. But he would also set aside a certain amount of the crop to keep for seed, so that he can replant and have another crop the following year. But what happens if the food that he had stored away began to run low and his family was hungry? Sitting in his barn were bags of grain that could be used for food, but was needed for the next year. Can you imagine how hard it must have been and how much discipline it took for a hungry man to cast grain out onto the ground? But if he ate the grain, it would only satisfy him for a short period of time and would almost guarantee he would starve the next year because he would not have a crop to harvest. The image here is a man sowing the seed or grain while weeping, but knowing that in the future, there would be a great celebration when he harvested his crop. This is a powerful example of the nature of faith. The psalm uses this to speak of God restoring the nation of Israel after they had been taken captive. The psalm says that sorrow will be followed by great joy. The message speaks to looking forward to a future with God. The times we live in might be difficult, but God has an answer for that. Like the farmer sowing a seed, we should be focused on the future, but do what is necessary today to make that bright future possible. The message is even if we have to shed tears now, we are sowing the seeds of happiness and joy with God. But unless we try and understand the images and ideas found in the Bible message, it will be like those strange symbols all over the Egyptian buildings. They will be meaningless. What it really takes is the desire to understand. The Rosetta Stone was a tool, a resource, that led to understanding. It was the passion of men like Champollion that brought the Egyptian language alive again. When asked why Jesus was teaching in stories like parables, Jesus responded by quoting the prophet Isaiah. You will keep on hearing, but will not understand. You will keep on seeing, but you will not perceive. The people Jesus is referring to are those that had no desire to see or to understand. Today, we have tools that can help us understand the message of God. We have printed Bibles. We have Bible programs for our computers and for our smartphones, and even videos and, yes, podcasts. But we must always remember to go back to the source material, the scriptures themselves. To grow the right crop, you need the right seed. Another place where the image of seeds is used is when Jesus talks about a mustard seed. From Matthew chapter 13. Then Jesus told the people another story. 
God's kingdom is like a mustard seed that a man plants in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it grows, it is the largest of all garden plants. It becomes a tree big enough for the birds to come and make its nests in its branches. The contrast between the size of the seed and the size of the mature plant is where Jesus puts the focus. But this point is lost if we are not familiar with both. If I have never seen or held a mustard seed of the type Jesus speaks of, or seen the plant that it grows, the message would be difficult for me to understand. So I need to take a moment to consider what Jesus is saying. The mustard seed Jesus speaks of here is tiny, much smaller than even a grain of rice. When planted, it germinates quickly, sometimes overnight, and begins to grow. The leaves on the plant are edible and provide nutrition and flavor to food, but the plant must be fully mature so that the seeds can be gathered. By the end of the growing season and after the harvest, the plant has a thick woody stem and is large enough to have birds roost in it. But handling seeds so tiny must have been a chore for those that planted them. And then, later in the year, what a chore it must have been to cut down and dispose of the mature plant. How can something so small grow something so big? This must have caused many to shake their heads in wonder. But that is what Jesus is pointing out. From an insignificant corner of the Roman Empire, the story and message of Jesus would spread its branches across three continents in less than a hundred years. That same message would continue to touch the lives of people 2,000 years later. From humble beginnings, the gospel of Jesus would shake the world. The message of Jesus would be powerful no matter who, no matter where, and no matter when it became known. The Apostle Paul wrote in the book of 1 Corinthians, I planted the seed, and Apollos watered, but God is the one who made the seed grow. So, the one who plants is not important. The one who waters is not important. Only God is important, because He is the one who makes things grow. Among those believers in Corinth, there was division and selfishness. They wanted to have rank and status based on who had taught them the story. They were saying, I am of Paul, and others said, I am of Apollos, and while others said, I am of Peter. So, in his letter, Paul tells them that the messenger is not important, but it is the message and whether someone will follow it that is important. He uses the image of someone planting seed, and while another might come along to water it, it is God, through the gospel, that makes the difference. Like the farmer scattering seed in a field, the farmer does not make the plant grow, just provides the opportunity for it to grow. Today, the message of Jesus can still be planted in the hearts of people, and it can still grow and bear fruit, because it is the message that is important. The message is the language of love, mercy, forgiveness, and hope. Take time with the message to learn and to understand, and then apply. It is time to plant the seed, and then watch it grow. Thank you for listening to this episode of By the Still Water. It is our desire that these messages reflect the true Word of God. 
If you would like to reach us, you can reach us by email at bythestillwater2024 at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook at By the Still Water Podcast. Please consider subscribing. This will alert you to new episodes when they are made available. Again, thank you for listening.